And I'm Nat, and welcome to the Crime Chat. Woohoo! I am your forensic femme fatale, and Natalie is your true crime addict connoisseur. Yes, and basically we are two chicks that will walk into your house and rip off all your mattress tags. Girl. We'll do oh. it. That's Let's a, do that's it. A, I think that's a federal <laughs> offense, actually. Have you ever it seen is. it? Is yes. it is. Do not rip off this mattress tag. Right. Er, 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 er. <laughs> <laughs> You're so funny. Uh, we're just basically, we enjoy anything dark crimes, evil minds, and occasionally the unknown. And this is the second half of your John McAfee. Uh, My computer's going nuts. Your John McAfee story. Are you ready for this? Yes, I am. Oh, I can't wait. Here is your disclaimer. The following crime chat contains adult content with descriptions of potentially violent scenarios. Your listening discretion is advised. Chatters, you have been warned. So today's chat is part two, right? Mm-hmm. And I can't wait to listen to the second half of this story. I am, um, the first part just blew my mind. So let's get into it. And and that first part was necessary, I will say, to just mm-hmm. kind of paint a picture of all the shenanigans we're going to talk about today. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So have you done uh, anything else since the last uh, time we recorded? Um, basically, I've just been... Working a lot and planning for the holiday. Oh, yes. Same here. So we're actually recording this before Thanksgiving, but it's going to air between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Uh Um, But I will say I am getting into the very festive spirit. Uh, My mother-in-law, my husband, my mother-in-law, and her sister, we went to a Christmas craft fair um, over this weekend. And the amount of creativity that some people get to just put it in the time Mm-hmm. The patience that some people have to putting in these phenomenal crafts. I mean, metalworks, woodworks, paintings. Mm-hmm. Um, some some of these people, I mean, that's how they make their living, which is great. And, you know, somebody's got to do it, I guess. I know. I know. And people pay for it. You got to pay for it, right? So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but it was so cool. Um, I think my, f- so I've got two favorite, like, stands that I went to. The first one I, I don't remember the name of it, but he basically sold beer pro- beard products. Like, he, he the owner, he was him and his wife, he had this very, like, I'm going to make other men jealous type of beard. Mm-hmm. Like, well-trimmed. And it was funny, because I went over and I was kind of looking at some other things, and he, look, he comes to me and he goes, I can tell you got a beard in your life. <laughs> and I was like, well, I do, when he can grow it. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, my husband being a fireman, he's got to wear a mask and everything, and so he can't have the full facials. And anyway, so it was kind of a it was kind of a funny little segue. But what I ended up buying from him, and what I was actually looking at, is you know based on I've got tattoos, I'm planning on getting some more tattoos, mm-hmm. and he had an ink oil that basically made your ink pop. And I put it on. And this is even from yesterday. And the red is popping so much more than it was before. And I've showered since then and everything. I'm like, wow, that really kind of seeps into the skin. I'll have to get back with you on that. Okay. Okay. It's whatever. It's an oil that he makes. I mean, it's, it's, nobody else makes it like it. And it's, it's branded. It's got his name on it and that kind of Mm -hmm. thing. It's, but it's, I guess, his passion. An essential oil, like a mixture of... It does have essential oils in okay. it, yes. 
Yep. And um, what did he say? He said coconut oil, I think, is the magic. Like, Mm -hmm. if if you put anything on tattoos to start healing, use coconut oil because it's got the vitamin E in it. And then he said something else. So we got, of of course, we got on this huge topic of tattoos and everything and not just beards. But Mm. (laughs) anyways, and then the other, the second stand was, it was a guy and his wife again. And it was all homemade candles. But it was, he said... They had candles in their house, and his wife kept getting migraines, and they were trying to figure out what it was. They got rid of the candles, which is basically all the plastics and stuff that are in regular wax candles. Uh So it's soy-based candles. And I bought two of them. One is actually called Beard, (laughs) ironically, (laughs) Um, that I have here in my office. And then the other one um, I bought is like an older eliminator, and it's where the dogs like to hang out. So it's really cool. So that's probably my two favorite things. A lot of people don't know that about candles. Like when they go to Yankee Candle, it's all paraffin. Yeah. And it's that you're actually burning. Like you'll see the soot and the black around the the jar. That's all plastic being burned. So soy candles are better. uh, Mm -hmm. Palm wax, like anything natural. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. And his his had essential oil and it also that helped with the fragrance and everything, I guess, mixed with the soil. So Mm -hmm. I was like, well, I'll get... I'll get my, you know, my calmness Uh and my scent all at the same time, so. (laughs) Which, wait, which scent did you get? It was called Beard? What is that? Uh, it, I don't know. It's, it just, it's called Beard, but it smells amazing. Okay. All right. And I guess I imagine, and I think actually I hit the Beard guy after I got the candles. Uh So I couldn't say that. You know, it reminded me of any of the beard scents because I hit this, the beard guide after. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, uh, it was it was still fun and it kind of just got you in like this the the season of giving. And then of course I bought some gifts, um, you know, for family and stuff. Oh, so nice. gotta I kick love off markets. to the season. Oh yeah. yeah, so much fun, so much fun. What about you? Are you I, ready? I no. I'm never ready. I I, I, <laughs> I do a lot of like, I mean, Thanksgiving is, you know, all about food, but Christmas, majority of my shopping I do online. Yeah. So I, don't blame you. I do not go on Black Friday. I will not, cannot nope. deal with that. I'll do nope. Cyber we, Monday. We talked about that in our Darksgiving episode. Mm-hmm. Can't yep. do it. Nope. Too mm-hmm. many people. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I get prepared like usually a week before. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, well, and sometimes that's like, you know, that's the best time to get ready. Yeah, I have Is that when you, that... like, you know you're ready? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you have people that buy, like, months and months and months ahead of time, I've done that before, and I'm like, who did I get this for? Like, where did I buy it? Like, yeah. and I forget to send it, or I don't know who I bought it for, so. Right, and I have friends that prepare for Christmas months. Yeah. They love Christmas, but then if I buy a gift early on, I may see another gift that I like better. True. So now that person has two gifts. And then it just, it's, it's. Well, I will say I got something just for you at the craft <gasps> fair. You did? Okay. Oh, I can't wait. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, should we damper our spirits with uh, the second part of Mr. McAfee's story? Yes, please. I cannot wait. I have not. <laughs> I haven't Googled anything, so I'm, like, you've got my full attention. I'm white knuckle at the steering wheel right now. I need to know. You're ready for it raw. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yes, this guy. Let me tell you. Okay, so to recap from the last episode, we talked about John McAfee, right? The software uh, visionary was a very innovative but um, very narcissistic uh-huh. who coined the very first antivirus software program. He saw an opportunity in exploring technologies advances starting in the 1980s and really up into this time, really up into the, his death earlier this year in 2021. As a self-described eccentric millionaire and still alive, and that was only like a, a year before his death, uh-huh. McAfee was also said to have lost his fortune in the real estate crash in the late 2000s. He lived various locations within the U.S., also Canada, Belize, and, event, and traveled frequently on his yacht like throughout the Caribbean. And now, last time I mentioned that McAfee spent a majority of his life evading and escaping his legal issues and lawsuits, right? To include being responsible for the death of his nephew in 2006. I think Mm -hmm. I said eight last time, but it was actually 2006. Um, And he was listed as being a person of interest in the 2012 death of his neighbor, Gregory Fall, while living in Belize. In 2015, he was arrested for a DUI in possession of firearm while intoxicated. In 2019, his security team uh, was arrested for possessing high-caliber weapons while his yacht was docked in the Dominican Republic. And this man was, and I'll get into a little bit of his publicity life, mm-hmm. he was a tweeter. He tweeted everything. Really? Like, you can go back and you can look at some of his videos and stuff, and you'll just see how he presents himself mm-hmm. in, in such a... An unbelievable manner, like wow, he's got some big balls. But mm. <laughs> seriously, um, and then he also alleged that he was arrested in Norway in 2020 for wearing a thong uh, as a mask for COVID precautions. And we do have a picture, right? We've got a picture. It's oh, going to yeah. be posted. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> so, if there's one thing that we have learned about Mr. McAfee, is that mo money, mo problems, right? The more money he made, uh, and he made in any which way he could, and it didn't matter, you know, who who he stepped over um, or who was in the fire, the Uh ring of fire, right? As long Uh as he made his money. So in a Wired article, it also said that McAfee spent uh, several years as a cocaine addict, a spiritual guru, and a yoga expert. And a very drastic change of career completely separate from his antiviral like software creations he practiced yoga daily which inspired him to become a yoga instructor and he wrote a book called the secret life of yamas spiritual guide to yoga wow i love me some yoga uh yeah i don't know if i want him as my instructor but sure (laughs) like i guess maybe if he found some inner peace that way i don't know maybe that was his uh justification for some of the shenanigans Um, So at some point in 2009, McAfee moved to Belize, wherein he was interviewed by CNBC for a special that they called The Bubble Decade, basically meaning like in the late 90s, you know, 2000s when the internet just kind of boomed Uh and we were in this big internet bubble, right? So according to the CNBC website, McAfee is profiled and described as someone who, quote, Built his fortune during the internet bubble, but fell victim to the greatest real estate bubble in the United States has ever seen. Following the dot-com crash, millions of Americans and Wall Street turned to real estate in their quest for a new asset that would result in big returns. 
An era of low interest rates and a massive decline in lending standards allow virtually anyone to get a mortgage. It was an age of easy money. But when the credit crisis began and borrowers couldn't pay their loans, housing prices declined and many Americans like McAfee lost millions in the housing market, end quote. So, I mean, it was kind of a risky time frame, I guess, then. And he had, we mentioned last time, he had, I don't think he had purchased his land, but he had 400 acres in Colorado. Uh-huh. He had wow. purchased 1,000 acres in Hawaii. So he was in some, some real estate businesses, right? Mm-hmm. So in February of 2010, headquartered in Belize, McAfee started a company also aimed at producing natural anti, uh, natural herbal antibiotics. So um, it was called Curum X, Q-U-O-R-U-M-E-X. Mm-hmm. And this is where things really started to get weird. Uh, <laughs> he reportedly hung Wait. out with, with pimps prostitutes, murderers, upon moving to Belize, right? He started this herbal antibiotic. We knew he was a cocaine user. He also mm-hmm. probably delved in marijuana. Uh-huh. Um, then, so his his people he hung out with, murderers, pimps, and prostitutes, right? He also fell in love, allegedly, with a 17-year-old. Um, his compound was also secured with numerous armed guards. Now, his house in Colorado also had, like, a compound surrounded by armed guards, his and then we'll get to his home in Belize also. Okay. So in 2012, McAfee, while still living in Belize, um, he was living a quote drug and sex fueled after business life, um, as Wired magazine listed in their article, and they described McAfee as having a quote heart of darkness, a harrowing jaw dropping tale of ambition, paranoia, sex, and madness end quote. And that pretty much sums up his life. He is, his ambition and his innovation were beyond this world, but he was also troubled in so many personal ways in his life, right? Yeah. So some reports even state that McAfee had a harem of seven young women stating, I've been married twice and living with seven women was a lot less stressful than having a wife. Now at this time, so last time we mentioned that the female student he slept with, which got him fired from his teaching aid position in this PhD program, Mm-hmm. Uh, was his first wife. His second wife, he it's been very quiet, but he was married for several years, probably from the late late 1990s till mid 2000s or so. Mm-hmm. Um, they were married for quite some time and, and she was with him when he made a bulk of his money. However, apparently at this point they had been divorced and basically he said, I'd rather live with seven women than be married. Oh boy. He said that was easier. So then he decided that, hey, I think I'm going to be a politician. Of course. Of course. <laughs> he tweeted, as I mentioned, Twitter was his, was his way, right? Mm-hmm. He tweeted his intent to run for president not once but twice, feeling pressure to run from thousands of emails encouraging him to do so and saying not something that he would just choose to do, do on his own. Basically, his fandom was out there in mm-hmm. requesting his presence to run for president right Uh, if you think back in 2016 it was a 2020 was very interesting um politicians out there yeah i think people get um invigorated when they see somebody like him that just says there's no filter you know Mm -hmm. a lot of people like that yeah i mean and i can see you know to that extent the realism about it like Mm -hmm. give it to me real don't don't bullshit me you know yeah. I don't I don't want you to to, you know, bureaucratic 
see it up. Right. <laughs> you know. Exactly. What what is it? PC po- political. What is it called? What, political correctness. Yeah, don't be PC with me. Yeah. So so he ran for presidency in 2016. Yeah. So according to his his campaign, which um, was McAfee2016.com, he ran as a libertarian, advocating for the decriminalization of cannabis, an end to the war on drugs, mm-hmm. uh, a non-interventionism in foreign policy, free market economy, which does not redistribute wealth. Uh, and upholding free trade, and he supported abolishing the Transportation Security Administration, so abolishing TSA. Okay. Um, we mentioned TSA in one of our previous podcasts as well on how things not regulated can get mm-hmm. out of hand, right? When uh, yeah. you don't have the same type of security procedures th- across the board, mm-hmm. some real shit can hit the fan. Mm-hmm. So here's another crime chat fun fact for this episode. If you try to go to the Mac- uh, McAfee2016.com campaign website, it actually directs you to some sort of Bitcoin cryptocurrency website, like in another language. It's, it's some sort of Asian website. And we so he, he, he did get into a little bit of, of cryptocurrency as well. But I'll get into that. It's okay. just, it was super weird. Like when I went to go look at it and like kind of follow it up. That's I was so like, like unnerving that it's a different... Yeah. Ooh, okay. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so before uh, McAfee ran as a libertarian in his 2016 campaign, he initially al- announced that he was going to be a candidate for a newly formed cyber party, political party, mm-hmm. which did not take off, as you can imagine. I mean, I think for party-wise, we pretty much have it very set in stone and anything outside of that probably isn't going to be well received or get enough votes unless it's something that's so yeah understand like like just gets people i don't know mm-hmm. so for the libertarian party he ran he ran quite high in the ranking uh was second in the primaries and third at the libertarian national convention however of course he wasn't he didn't get the um election i guess mm-hmm. for the nomination to, the nomination yeah mm-hmm. So in 2018, McAfee announced he would run again in 2020 under the Libertarian profile in exile. So, and I'll get into a little bit of his exile reasonings. Um, But he was in his yacht in Cuba saying that this will not be an ordinary campaign. Well, no, it wouldn't be because he's running his campaign from his yacht. And there's a tweet out there with a live video and he's got a speaker and he's holding it and he's going... Um, I've got my campaign manager from New York City on here. He's listening. You know, with the, we're, we're going to run our campaign in the middle of nowhere in an undisclosed location in the middle of the Caribbean. Oh, my It Lord. was just, it's just, and he's there in his, he's got a cigarette in one hand. He's got his, his speaker in the other hand, T-shirt off, swim shorts on, sunglasses on, and just sitting there on his yacht. <laughs> I'm like, sure there were people out there that loved it. Oh, Loved for it. sure, for sure. I wonder how many votes he did get. I'm sure we could look it up and and mm. give put uh, put it as that after that crime mm-hmm. chat, you know, yeah. part of that the fun facts, right? Mm-hmm. So he announced on Twitter that his campaign for 2020 would be ran on the run because he was wanted on U.S. tax evasion felony charges, potentially related to his 2016 campaign oh when God. he did so well. 
He also encouraged, so while he was on the run, in in another tweet, there's a video, and he's encouraging his supporters to wear a mask of his face. So this is 2019, so this was before we were wearing, like, you know, masks all the time and everything. Mm -hmm. But he was saying, my supporters, these are my road warriors, are going to be wearing a mask, and they're going to go to the banks and to the movie theaters, and they're going to go here and there. So basically, they would, he would show up and be able to attend certain things and people not realize that it's him. Because so uh, many people would be wearing these masks. Okay. And he was announcing this for, on, on Twitter, of course, from what he called his freedom boat in international waters. So you've got a, a potential felon, mm-hmm. right, running for U.S. presidency, which if you're, which is, um, if you have ever been convicted of a felony, you can't run for president. Right. So. Right. Well, he, he has. He wasn't convicted this- then. He was just wanted for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Moving on to like his media and publicity, this man loved the public, loved being in the public. Me in how he loved the attention, mm-hmm. no matter how positive or negative it was. So he's described as the one of the first successful millionaires to promote himself to promote himself, but to celebrity status. Essentially, he made himself a celebrity by being out in the public eye. Yeah. And with his power and media exposure, he dove into a world of fortune, politics, as we just kind of mentioned. He had one million Twitter followers. I, a and lot he, of those people just wanted to see the next crazy thing he did. True. No, absolutely true. Yeah. I just follow. I, I mm-hmm. hear so many people say, I follow so-and-so just because I want to hear what they have to say. Yeah. Like, not that I follow him for any other reason, but just what other crazy, crazy shenanigans are they going to come up with next? Mm-hmm. So um, his last tweet said, quote, all power corrupts. Take care which powers you allow a democracy to wield, end quote. Wow. Just, you know, just throwing a little. And I, yeah. I, oh, I meant to look and see how recent that was and when he killed himself. But OK, so in 2013, Fox News business correspondent Neil Cavuto interviewed McAfee and asked McAfee about his thoughts on Edward Snowden, which was huge at this time. Right. You remember uh-huh. Edward Snowden, right? Mm-hmm. So Cavito asked him if he thought Snowden was a hacker, a hero. What appeared to be an attempt to ignite a flame on his lighter, because he had a lighter in one hand, a cigarette, in the, an unlit cigarette in the other hand, on the on video, like while he's being interviewed live on Fox oh my News God. Business, um, he had he had attempted to ignite his lighter a couple times. What appeared to be when when Neil Cavuto was asking him this question, he was appearing to like light his lighter as if he was a hero like lighting the flame for him. So wow. that's what it appeared to be in support of Snowden. Mm-hmm. It never, which is funny because he never actually got his lighter to ignite. It just was going, <laughs> which I mean, I thought that was hilarious because Snowden's chicken shit, but that's just me. Anyways. Right, but it's almost the universe saying like, no, I'm not going to give you a flame. Keep clicking <laughs> away, babe. Keep clicking, <laughs> keep flicking. Anyway, so McAfee said it depended on how you looked at it. Basically, bringing to light what we all knew, that the government was spying on everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, But Snowden put a quantitative value on the impact. And, of course, he would use that because as being a a mathematician and, right, a computer programmer, he Uh would say that Snowden put a quantitative value on it. McAfee said he considered Snowden a hero, as well as both the Chinese and Russian governments likely considered Snowden a hero. I'm sure they did. Of course they did. I'm sure they did. Of course they did. Because they were like, yes, yeah, Snowden, you can come here. And then he kind of, I didn't get into it too much on my script, but like I kind of, 
He went on to saying that the Chinese government would be less um, torturous than the Russian government would in, to Snowden. Um, and how he would reveal the secrets of the U.S. government. Yeah, no. No, no, no. <laughs> so this is a whole other story in itself. But I, I mentioned this to show you that the length of the publicity and attention that he seeks, that McAfee seeks, regardless of the topic, um, and to the extent that he actually goes to reach it. And he said about Snowden, quote, I back his balls. I can say that on Fox. I, or if I can say that on Fox, end quote. I back, I back his, his balls. balls. Like, I back him. Well, I back yeah. his balls. You know, the balls that he's got to actually do the blah, 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 blah. Right. Basically meaning that he was proud of Snowden's courage. Mm. So, just a real quick side note. Snowden worked for Boozy Allen Hamilton, which also McAfee worked for, if you remember, in the last episode. Um... And he had this to say about being a consulting manager for Booz, Booz Allen Hamilton. The jobs they get you are very cushy, they pay extremely well, and they're very easy. And that's why I worked for Booz Allen. <laughs> Remember we also said that he was a con man and, and a yes. manipulator? And mm -hmm. he could talk his way into anything? So if you mm -hmm. can imagine this guy was a like some sort of computer programming consultant you know, yeah. for Booz Allen Hamilton. Sure, at the time, he would probably be the picture-perfect type of guy, uh -huh. but then, you know, all this other stuff happens. Anyway, so um, McAfee, at the end of the interview, offered Snowden advice about his personal experience of being on the run, because Snowden, of course, left, right? He fled as well. And he said, quote, you can disappear into the back alleys of Hong Kong. You can become one of the masses, end quote. Basically saying... Telling Snowden, stay in Hong Kong, man. <laughs> so Don't come back. When he did this interview, he was on the run. McAfee, uh, yeah, was on the run. Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. At the mm -hmm. time. So, uh, and we'll get actually about to get into kind of his criminal past here. Are you ready for that? Yeah, I'm waiting. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Let me take a sip. All right, here we go. So in 2014, McAfee was found liable for the death of his nephew and another man in a 2006 incident. We mentioned that earlier, right? Mm -hmm. He was ordered to pay $2.5 million in damages by a Maricopa County, Arizona civil court judge in an attempt to promote his arrow trekking. Do you remember arrow trekking? I kind of remember something about this. No. Um, basically, it's a small aircraft that flies at low altitudes uh, over very rough terrain. It was considered some sort of like extreme sport mm -hmm. okay um so mcafee established this company in one of his very many attempts to make money and making a name for himself well his nephew was flying it and this other man um was part of kind of like the engineering or whatnot behind the actual pro behind the this sport aero trekking mm -hmm. but unfortunately mcafee's name would not be what it had hoped because it also went down in flames so early after this so a judge found McAfee liable for not only his 22-year-old nephew's death, who was piloting the aircraft, but also a passenger when the aircraft crashed into a canyon in Arizona in 2006. McAfee and his company were criticized for such a reckless pastime uh, in this, you know, kind of extreme sport. And even this innovative sport was featured both in the Wall Street Journal and Popular Mechanics, obviously prior to any kind of incident. Right. So reportedly, when this wrongful death lawsuit began, this is when McAfee sold all of his belongings in the U.S. in Colorado, and that's when he moved to Belize. So he was now, running from any kind of trouble, moved himself to Belize in order to be absent from this very long and drawn-out case. So this happened in 2006. 
you know, in late 2000s is when we, I re- recall that he was moved to actually Belize. And then in 2012, the civil suit for the wrongful death came out um, for as him having to pay two and a half million dollars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in Belize, though, is where we find more of McAfee's personality becoming heavily involved in psychoactive drugs, criminal gangs, and potential child sex. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Who does this remind you of a little bit? Mm-hmm. We're going to get into him a little bit here. So, the quote, the biggest focus on McAfee in the news in recent years surrounded his fleeing of his home in Belize after authorities looked to question him about the murder of his neighbor. He was described as a person of interest but not a suspect, end quote, according to um, one of the articles based on kind of the reason why he then ran from Belize. But we're going to get into what happened with that, with his neighbor, Gregory Fall. Okay. He stated that the Belizean government was after his life and not just him. So in November of 2012, he was running from police because, quote, they will kill me if they find me, end quote. So you may be asking, what happened? Yeah. (laughs) So who was this Gregory Fall guy? What happened to him? So Gregory Fall was an expat. An expat is kind of a term where it's expatriate, where Mm -hmm. a citizen chooses to live in a different country retire maybe in a different country, expatriate, other than what their citizenship is in. And Fall was an American living in Belize at the time. On November 10, 2012, neighbors Shane and Brittany McCann, also expats from America, had dinner with Fall on the night of his death. The topic of conversation was McAfee, of course, and his, quote, mangy mutt mutts who barked all night, end quote. So anyone who tried to walk, like, on the beach... Um, from where his property was, of course, on the beach. But if you tried to walk on the public beach and go to, like, a restaurant or just enjoy a stroll or go to mm-hmm. a bar or something like that, and you had to walk in front of McAfee's property, these dogs would were just so aggressive. And actually, anyone who tried to walk along the beach were met by his untamed dogs. He was confronted on several occasions about his dog who snapped and snared at anyone who would walk by. Like just would kind of go after people, anybody who would walk by. So Fall, along with other tourists, had been bitten by his dogs. And you would think that law enforcement might get involved at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No? Re- oh. Not that I could find. I mean, maybe they came to, may, they went to McAfee's residence and were like, you know, you should take care of your dogs. But if you remember, in the last time, he enjoyed living there so much because it was so freeing. Like, there were no restrictions in certain things. Right. And these dogs were just roaming the beach without a gate or without anything. Mm-hmm. And they were. Okay. And so, it seems like they stayed within a certain area. So, maybe there was, like, an invisible fence or something like that. Mm-hmm. But if you have somebody just walking by, taking a nice sunset stroll on the beach, and then you've got these huge dogs that are coming and chasing and barking and stuff after you. I mean, we've got a... A black lab Roddy mix that he he's all bark. He's no he's just a baby, but mm-hmm. like he could potentially do something. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's like if you train the dogs to be a certain way, they're gonna be a certain way, right? So during this dinner, they were talking about McAfee and all of this shenanigans and everything like that. He he had in fall Gregory Fall himself had no quarrels about making it known that he didn't like McAfee. He didn't like his dogs. He didn't like anything that there was no control over his compound. He didn't like the fact that there were guns, that he had the security team with guns around his compound, everything like that. It made his little piece of paradise feel not so 
paradise, right? Okay. Basically. Yeah. So during this dinner with the McCanns, Fall directly, indirectly claimed that he was responsible for poisoning McAfee's dogs. Oh. And for the most part, they had a very enjoyable dinner. They had a good conversation and just kind of enjoying it. Uh, and then McCanns said that they watched uh, Gregory Fall walk home. The next morning, the McCanns were awoken by one of Fall's caretakers who said that Fall was dead. So assuming that he might have died of, like, natural causes mm -hmm. at the time, he was 52 when he died. Shane McCann, the husband, ran over to Fall's home and found him in, him in a presumably posed position. Like, he said it felt like he was posed to be in that position. Mm -hmm. Quote, lying face up in a pool of dried blood, his legs straight out, his arms at his side. End quote. McCann said, didn't look natural and someone had just laid him there. So McCann mm -hmm. stated that Fall was still wearing the same clothes from dinner from the night before and that his keys were still in the front door. He said that Fall's t-shirt had been pulled over his head, kind of like what he described as a hockey move or something, all the way behind his neck, but his shirt was still on. So basically, if you can imagine, like, the t-shirt was pulled over his face so he couldn't see, you know, or do anything. Right. Maybe somebody was attacking him, kind of did that move. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So, McCann also noted the, that the Pirates of the Caribbean movie soundtrack was playing on repeat. Like, every 30 seconds, the menu of the movie would just come on and off, on and off, on and off, on and off. Which he said, like, four or five times. On and off, on and off. Oh. <laughs> um, other than that, there was no sign of a struggle. And nothing appeared to be stolen. Because they had been friends, obviously, and had gone to Fall's house before. Mm -hmm. Finally, they, he said they turned the TV off. It was bad. Like, the whole situation was just really, really, really bad. So, Art Fall, who's Gregory Fall's father, was taken by surprise when the U.S. Embassy in Belize notified him that his son had been murdered. Art said that his son was just five months and ten days into his retirement at Belize, in Belize and was an avid fisherman, sailor, and he had never been happier living in Belize, this piece of paradise. Art said that he, his son... He suspected his son, Greg, had never had a chance um, and was probably taken by surprise just because he wouldn't have put up for something like that. Like, wouldn't he would have put up a fight. There would have been yeah. more of a struggle. Now, immediately after police left the crime scene, they went to McAfee's home to question him since they heard that Gregory Fall had an issue with McAfee and his dogs. Mm -hmm. And then when police arrived, McAfee was nowhere to be found. He was already on the run. So, okay, my question is... If you don't know the man's dead, why would you go? Like, why right. would you already be on the run? Because he's he's on drugs and he's paranoid. And he's totally... <laughs> and, but what did... So, quick question. So, how was he killed, though? What was, what was the cause of death? Okay, so from the San Pedro Sun newspaper in Belize, a post-mortem examination conducted on Tuesday, November 13th, which was four or three days after he was killed, certified the cause of death to be, quote, brain damage due to injuries sustained from a gunshot wound to the head, end quote. Ooh. Yeah. So shortly after he fled in a phone interview, how you know, however, uh, the, a newspaper was able to get a hold of him. I think this one was from Wired. McAfee stated that he was innocent and the police only wanted him because the country wanted him dead, the, that the United States wanted him dead. So paranoid narcissist, mm. are we? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> he, 
he he claimed actually that the Belizean police shot Fall by accident and not him, that they actually meant to go after him and not Fall. And he said, quote, They've been trying to get me for months. They want to silence me. I'm not well liked by the Prime Minister. I'm just a thorn in everybody's side. They mistook Fall for me. They got the wrong house. He's dead. They killed him. It spooked me out. End quote. Wow. No. He, he's blaming everybody else. He's just sitting there saying, it's all your fault. It's not me. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Mm. So he was supposedly arrested in Guatemala when he fled Belize. Um, he was dressed in a disguise. And I will add, he also admittedly faked a heart attack to avoid being sent back to Belize from the Guatemalan government. So instead, because he had this quote-unquote heart attack, which later he admitted to faking, they deported him back to the United States instead of sending him to Belize. Now, while in Miami, this is where he met Janice. He was there like less than a day back in the United States. Mm -hmm. Janice walked up to him, propositioned him for sex because she was a prostitute, and that's how their marriage started. (laughs) (laughs) so meanwhile you know they're dating and everything and i don't know when they actually got married as opposed to like when they met and everything but janice reportedly did not know what mcafee was worth but her pimp did Uh so her pimp intentionally started like using her to get information and he's uh janice had said the cartel forced her to spy on mcafee and report it back to them And she described this as a very, quote, scary situation. And eventually she did come clean to McAfee. Uh, I don't know, you know, exactly when, after that, how long they were married. I think it was after just a few years. But she said that, or he said, sorry, she was afraid for her life, so he didn't blame her. Janice was told to put poison in his food and let the cartel come into their home and do whatever, torture him, kill him, or whatever, Mm -hmm. whatever the cartel does. McAfee was quoted saying, For me, I did not mind. She was in a hard place, but when she finally came clean, it was a beautiful moment. End quote. Because she didn't poison him. Uh, well, because she came clean she about came it, clean and it was beautiful. It. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It was so beautiful. It was beautiful. I mean, bleh. <laughs> I'm not a romantic, so bleh. <laughs> Maybe that's what the, you, they made their relationship stronger. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, she also was almost 40 years to his younger. Oh by the way god i don't even know what that yeah. looks like <laughs> you imagine dating somebody that's almost 40 years or marrying then older than you either way i think i think she pretty much soon realized what he actually was worth uh and lived quite the glamorous life i imagine mm-hmm. after that so in 2018 janice and john lived in a heavily fortified compound in tennessee and McAfee felt that people were actually trying to kill him as he allegedly experienced what he called an assassination attempt by poisoning. So I don't know if he had like PTSD mm-hmm. and this whole poisoning incident came back to him and he was just being, again, like super paranoid. Mm-hmm. So the couple fled the U.S. again. He, le- he left again. Um, but they began to live on their yacht, going to various places in the Caribbean, such as Cuba and the Bahamas. So in 2019... McAfee was arrested in the Dominican Republic for bringing weapons and ammunition, of which was seized on his yacht uh, they, that he called the Great Mystery. So his <laughs> yacht was called the Great Mystery, which was very fitting. Mm-hmm. The crew of the yacht were also arrested, and McAfee pointed the finger at the U.S. government for being responsible for his arrest, saying, quote, 
It was America's attempt to get me back to America without filing for formal extradition, end quote. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's like he's got this uh, this blame yeah. reflector on, and it's just going pyong, 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 mm-hmm. everywhere else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... In the, in the Dominican Republic, McAfee and Janice were released, and they eventually made their way to Europe. They were allowed to keep three of the high, right, high-powered high weapons that were seized by the Dominican Republic. Um, they ended up bunkering down in Lithuania for quite some time, and there's going to be a picture that's going to be available with a tinfoiled secured hideout. Allegedly to keep cell phone signals from passing through, either, you know, in or out. So basically people couldn't spy on him or use his phone to figure out where he was. I've seen this. I've seen a picture of this. It is insane. It literally is a tinfoiled bunker. Like he wrapped it with tinfoil. Like cardboard box. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, decorated from the floor to the ceiling (laughs) with tinfoil. Um, so in, also in 2019, McAfee himself said, because of his ideological beliefs, that he had not paid U.S. income taxes for eight years. Oh, my Lord. He fled the U.S. to avoid his trial. His involvement in cryptocurrency led him to think that he could help uh, actually Cuba also evade U.S. trade embargo fees. So get this. In a Reuters article from 2019, they reported McAfee saying, quote, it would be trivial to get around U.S. government's embargo through a use of a clever system of currency, so I made an, a former offer to help them for free, end quote. <laughs> oh, my God. That's almost treasonous, too, at the same time. I don't know. Yeah. So as the date as of the date of this article, Cuba hadn't responded, but they did say they were looking for ways to alleviate U.S. sanctions other underneath then-President Trump with the potential use of cryptocurrency. So McAfee stated then, quote, you can't just create a coin and expect it to fly. You have to base it on the proper blockchain, have it structured such that it meets specific needs of a country or an economic situation. And he said, there are probably less than 10 people in the world who know how to do that, and I'm certainly one of them, end quote. Quote. Wow. Oh my God. The <laughs> ego on this man is wow. I know, right? I mean, this, the, the balls. The, I don't know. Yeah. I just. He, he, yeah. it's almost like he, he thought he was the smartest guy in the room. He mm-hmm. just assumed everybody else is just his little pieces to play with, like a chessboard. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, absolutely. So ultimately, according to Spanish police sources, McAfee was detained on October 5th, 2020 at the Barcelona airport when he was about to board a flight to Istanbul, Turkey, using a British passport. The indictment said McAfee and his wife earned millions of dollars between 2014 and 2018 and that he failed to file income tax returns, which he also admitted to doing so, right? Mm. Additionally, the following day on October 6th, the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission filed a complaint that McAfee and his bodyguard promoted an illegal, quote, pump-and-dump cryptocurrency scheme, earning a whopping $23 million in digital currency. Oh, my God. So was that also part, was Cuba a part of that whole scam? No, no, he Cuba wasn't a part of that, but where he was earning his money in this piece was his 2016 presidential campaign. Wow. Okay. So he oh earned all of this money, <laughs> and this is where he started using, like, the cryptocurrency. Um, but because he became such a, a whiz at it, that's when he was like, hey, Cuba, I got you. I'm docked in your, you know, in your ports in Havana. 
by the way, I can help you. Mm-hmm. Let me help you. You know, Cuba, you are our friend. Let us help you. So also, um, at this time, Venezuela and Iran were also trying to figure out how to use cryptocurrency to get around U.S. embargo stuff at the time. So I just thought that was interesting. Nine months in a Spanish prison, according to his lawyer, Javier Villalaba, however you say his name, uh, he said that it brought McAfee, quote, to despair. However, everything from the scene indicated he, he actually killed himself by suicide uh, through hanging. An official autopsy also confirmed his death was suicide by okay. hanging. Like, no, there's no other indicators that there would have been foul play. Mm-hmm. The Guardian magazine in England published an obituary about four days after his death describing McAfee as a, quote, controversial antivirus software pioneer who entered U.S. politics and became a fugitive from justice, end quote. That pretty much wraps it up. Basically. <laughs> And there were many conspiracy comparisons also related to his death to that of Jeffrey Epstein, Mm -hmm. if you remember him, who was also found dead in his cell awaiting sex trafficking charges. Mm -hmm. And much of these claims of this conspiracy are actually come from McAfee himself. Previously, he said, if I were ever to be found by hanging, it was murder. Basically saying there's no way that he would have done it himself. Uh, I don't know. No, I think that was his his, his way of getting the last word. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, if you were, I mean, I could see it, like, if you were a complete McAfee follower, if you wore his face during his presidential campaign Uh um, because he was running from the law, you know, if you were that into it, I could definitely see where him saying this is like, I would never kill myself if I'm hung. Uh Somebody else did it. I could definitely see how that would have, you know, put an impact onto those people who believed him that much, right? But... In reality, the autopsy confirmed, you know, that there it, there was no foul play. It, it He was hung, and he hung himself. I mean, but it, he planted this into, into the minds of other people, and I think that's just why it still exists. I mean, he, he died about six, five, six months ago, and not that long ago, and still a lot of these things are out there in the, in the news. Mm-hmm. It's shocking. I, I forget that it wasn't that far away when he died. It wasn't mm-hmm. that long ago. Oh yeah. My God. Oh my God, Kat, this was a great story. This story, there was a lot. <laughs> He's an onion. He's a complete yes. stinky, layered onion. <laughs> it's rotting in your refrigerator. He's gonna make you cry. <laughs> oh gosh. Oh, there. Yeah, there's so many layers to this guy, and I think we probably could have done many follow-on episodes, uh-huh. but I think two was enough. Two was enough to give McAfee the attention post posthumously yeah and you know Um, the crazy part is is no matter where he went he got the attention and the time of really powerful people he did yeah i mean you're talking about the prime minister of belize Mm -hmm. saying that oh you don't like me so and and that's kind of what it was is anywhere in any way he could get attention positive negative or otherwise which most of the time it was negative only to get that wow factor Mm -hmm. i mean we mentioned he had 10 million followers on twitter which is i mean that's not all people that support him that's just the people that say i want to see what he does next Mm -hmm. and that's where he lived he lived on social media he lived for that attention um you know and it's just it's 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 a shame though at the same time because he was so brilliant yeah that's the real that's the real travesty here is that he could have been so much more than what he was. And I wonder, I know you said that he had a rough childhood, but mm-hmm. yeah, I think he 
what he doesn't sound stable. Um, no. He, he sounds like he was medicating himself and um, <laughs> a little a little powder up the nose. Yeah, I don't know. with a couple of mental health issues, it's bad yep. combination and. He was probably, you know, as we can, as we know, he was a brilliant man. Yeah, yeah. He just learned very, very young how to get what he wanted out of people. God. Terrible. So. Well, thank you. Yes. I, I want to say thank you for covering this story because my mind would be mush <laughs> if I tried to write this up. <laughs> my mind is mush. <laughs> I don't ever want to hear of McAfee antivirus software program ever again. <laughs> Yeah, no, there was a lot to it, um, but this is just, you know, we're just early on. We never know. People out there are going to do crazy stuff, and that'll help us, yeah, you know, talk about them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And we we don't want to leave anybody hanging for more information on this case and others. Please check out the After That Crime Chat, only available to our Patreon users. Yes, and subscribe to our Patreon, and you'll also get bonus episodes behind-the-scenes footage, bloopers, and also be able to check out the Merch in the Works, which are available only for subscribers. Yes, it's so exciting. I love it. So don't forget to follow Crime Chat with Nat and Kat on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, all of your social media needs, uh, just to see kind of what's coming up. Yes, remember, Crime Chat with Nat and Kat. Nat, you've got the uh, story for next week, and it's it's quite the mystery, isn't it? Yes, and it's um, holiday-related. It's um, going to be a Christmas crime. Oh. I know. It's going to be a killer. It's going to be a killer. It's you're going to love killer. it. It's You're going to get your tinsel in a twist. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Don't get your tinsel in a twist Twisted, over this. Twisted tinsel. Uh, but there's so much more scandal to uncover when it comes to uh, your story. And I'm so excited to hear it. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to tell it. I'm still researching it. And it is a doozy. The more tinsel, the better. I know. Oh, and stay tuned for upcoming episodes and segments such as Crime and Cosmetics and Sinful Spirits. All right. Well, you don't want to miss it. And we will see you guys at the next Crime Chat. See you guys later. Bye, Bye chatters. chatters.